They're fucking morons, baby. It's like, I guess I'm smarter than a baby. <laughs> I'm most of the time smarter than a baby. Yeah, fuck that guy. I'm smart. I could do anything that baby could. <laughs> most of the time, I can beat babies in chess. Yeah, most of the time. The thing is that they're much better at eating the pieces than we are. Like, oh. we just don't have the stamina to compete with a baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know I if you totally want to challenge Slam to that. I totally wreck a baby at eating inanimate objects. Are you, are you, are you ready? Funny! Whatever. Be happy. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Funny Papers, a show where three thirty-somethings share a collective psychosis about the classic '90s cartoon show Doug. I'm Mike, and with me are my friend Sam. If only my mom were a racist anthropologist. <laughs> and Jim. I'm Jeffrey Q. Turdwar, and I'm here to ask you a question. Today we cover episode 50, part 2 of Doug. In all episodes after the first, Doug was separated into two 12-minute shorts. And episode 50, part 2's title is Doug's Sister Act. That's right, this episode, Doug meets Whoopi Goldberg. (laughs) If only. This is named after a movie that came out in 1992. (laughs) Yeah. And what year is this now? Like 94? 93. This is 93. Came out a year ago, and they're just like, remember that thing? Well, it's what our cartoon is named after. We have literally nothing else. This one is also sort of refreshing for how badly Doug fucks the moral up in his journal at the end. We haven't had that in a while. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Wait, oh no, I just looked it up. Sister Act 2 came up in 93. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm just no- suddenly imagining the horror that would be the Doug episode where Whoopi Goldberg was a guest star. That'd that would be-, be awesome. She'd do something with it. <laughs> Who the hell would they have her on to be? Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, exactly. She on as self I've been oh. trapped in this horrifying cartoon dimension. Please get me out. Hold up. I just looked it up. This episode released on December 12th, 1993. Sister Act 2, December 10th, 1993. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely saw the previews and like, when they went to go see uh, 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 Forrest Gump for the fourth time. <laughs> <laughs> what if what if this was a, a package marketing deal and they were like, hey, we're going to promote the movie that just came out with our hit show, Doug. should have named it after Theodore Rex, the superior Whoopi Goldberg movie. Oh, my God. God that, that movie, movie is rocks. so good. It's so they good. They had to sue Whoopi Goldberg to get her to finish out that movie. Wait, really? <laughs> yes. She tried to back out because, oh, God, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. And they deployed lawyers to make her finish it. That rocks. Holy shit. No, it was literally like that is a cop movie, right? That's like a cop yeah, movie like, about uh, dinosaurs. Allow me to explain to Dear Reader. Uh, Theodore Rex is one of the most god-awful movies known to mankind, which was made because the people who made all the prosthetics and shit for the TV show Dinosaurs still had the prosthetics lying around and they figured... Alright, we'll use this for something. Let's try for some kind of sci-fi movie. And they do a buddy cop movie where Whoopi Goldberg is the senior racist against dinosaurs cop. And she has to partner with the titular Theodore Rex in order to stop a conspiracy to kill the entirety of the planet (laughs) from the guy who brought dinosaurs back for some reason. 
And when she fit, when she didn't want to finish it, all the lawyers are like, this is going to be a whole lot of paperwork. <laughs> also, Whoopi Goldberg is a cyborg mega cop in this. And like, it's one of those fascinating movies, kind of like a later similar. God, realizing that, oh, God, the similarities are way too strong. Remember that orc cop movie from like, what was it? 2018? Bright. Bright, yes. It's almost exactly the same thing in that everything about the setting is 8 million times more interesting than the movie itself and the buddy cop dynamic at its heart. Well, Bright, he tried to get the IP for Shadowrun and they wouldn't give it to him. <laughs> the first time the Shadowrun IP has sensibly not been given to someone. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, that is the same thing of Doug, where in the universe is way more uh, interesting than, than the character it's around. Yes. Yes. And that is part of why I actually kind of like this episode as a Doug episode. Oh, As yeah? an experience to watch, I was in fucking agony and it took me over an hour to watch because I had to keep taking breaks. But <laughs> as a synopsis of the Doug universe, Doug's sister act is, I think, as close to the show Jim Jenkins wanted to make and that people remember this show as, as you can get. What do you, what do you mean by that? Like in terms of the themes that they hit? In terms of this is a problem that people have, this is a fantastic scenario based on a real impulse people have, taken to its ludicrous conclusion, and the moral of that everybody who encounters the scenario in real life comes to is arrived at, it's just that because it is a cartoon show, we're just taking it up a level for wacky purposes. Such a wacky world full of wacky characters, but are their problems really so far from the ones we have? On that level, I think this is the best Doug episode. See, wow. when something causes me agony, I don't say it's good. Yes, that is do. a goddamn lie. You absolutely do. Up. <laughs> <laughs> that is like literally your brand is saying that you like things that are bad. That's like no, if, I, I, if I was to I say, I only like things that are good and true. <laughs> Shut hey Sam, the fuck up now. You're, remember now that you're, time you said the TV show Doug was good, Sam? It is. Yeah. Good. Now you're just now you're just <laughs> saying now you're just saying that your own stance and opinions on this are good, even though they're bad. They're very good. Oh my you know god. What? I'm with him. This is like this is like a four levels deep of like double negatives. Look, here. this could be this could be somebody's first episode, and to them I say welcome, and I have the best opinions on the show. Well, we will not uh, 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 Jim and I will not let you erase the show's canon, Sam, as much as you'd like. <laughs> I'm not to. erasing anything. Oh, all Come right. Come with me, new viewer. Oh my god, new viewer, thank you for being here. <laughs> this is going to be a weird one for you, though, not going to lie. Indeed. Okay, well, let's get into it, and we'll determine whether or not this is good or bad, or good with an asterisk next to it. Or uh, bad so with begins. a, oh dear god, yes, it's bad. Yes. Well, so, okay, so this begins with uh, Doug and his mom pulling up to the Moody School. Remember, they were called, dear viewer, we've been here once before. This is the private art school that Judy goes to. Yes, Doug still goes to public school. Fuck you. 
Right. Yeah. Judy just goes to this private art school. Uh, I love that. Like we get we get one view of the Moody School and it's still like, you know, all over the place. Like there's bridges to nowhere. There's like uh, like wizard towers and like all kinds of crazy like windows that don't make any sense. Right. There's private security at the front gate. Yup. Also, I love that when we zoom downwards across it, it looks like some of like there's like these golden arches in the McDonald's shapes. I'm like, damn, this place sponsored by McDonald's. I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah, so that's what everyone that's the pledge of allegiance that everyone has to say. At the it's beginning whatever, of every yes, school whatever I'm loving it is in Latin. That's, right. That's a school <laughs> oh my god. I'm you know, Sam, I'm honestly surprised you don't know that phrase. <laughs> I'm Sam knows going. exactly what that phrase is, and it's "I have diarrhea." In the shower. <laughs> Sounds like Latin to me. To Latin. <laughs> oh my god! I'm <laughs> loving it. Okay, this everybody, hold on. This is important research. I amare elude. There you go, folks. That's the only kind of learning content you'll get here at the Funny Papers. <laughs> Welcome, new viewer. It's what I did on Google today. <laughs> Good shit. All right, well, as they pull up. Dear Journal, seems like every time I go near the Moody School, there's trouble. Today, we were just going to pick up Judy, but we hadn't counted on Judy's latest boyfriend. As a reminder, the last time Doug went to the Moody School, he demanded that Q hand over the beat. <laughs> and we see Q here. Q is hanging out with Judy and also like one of their other artsy friends and also the hunk Kyle. <laughs> Why exactly Q is doing this? We don't know. We assume that it has something to do with the plot to restore our beloved President Trump to power. Wouldn't oh, it God. be funny if Judy dated Kyle from South Park? Oh my God. So funny. Uh, <laughs> this is Kyle from South Park. Uh, yeah, South go, Park folks. just got renewed for like the 18th season because nobody has any ideas for anything new anymore. <laughs> More Doug reboots. Yeah, like, where's the fucking Doug reboot? <laughs> Bring it to us. Give Disney. us what we... We've done this show for over a year now. Have we not sacrificed enough? Right, we've done it for you, Disney Corporation. Right. We will sell We're raising hype organically. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, so, uh, but also, okay, so they, they talk about her new boyfriend. Didn't we have a long thing about how, like, sort of she was with Roger? Or was it just that Roger was infatuated with there her? There was an remember. episode where she let Roger down softly. And there was also an episode where she was dating another guy who appears in the foreground of this. I forget what his name was. But oh, yeah. They talked about some kind of fancy movie bullshit. And in between her arguing with What's-His-Face about, well, wait, is that really how art works? He decided to shut her up by kissing her. That's right. That guy. I was wondering where I remembered seeing him from. And yeah, that's when that's when she was on a date with him. Oh, shit. So she's hanging out with her ex and also Kyle. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> well, so... She, they're, they're talking about, Kyle is giving it, like, talking about, like, what his parents do. And he's talking about how his mom has recently done a neo-expressionist art piece and about how his dad is premiering a grunge opera. 
God, imagining <laughs> something more depressing than a grunge opera. Oh my like, god. Look, we have a hip-hop musical in the form of Hamilton, which is alright on its own terms, but the concept of hip-hop musical in and of itself is somewhat grim. And grunge opera is possibly the only way to level up both of those concepts to these two things should not interact at any point. Kyle's <laughs> last name is Cobain. Oh my god, yeah, and he's gonna have a grunge opera as dad is. Uh-huh. Oh man. It's better to burn out than funny away. <laughs> well, Kyle has, we see him, he's got an orange hair and like a little ponytail in his back. Uh, he's got circle cool guy glasses. He's got a tiny mustache and a goatee. He's got earrings, a red vest, and then black leather all over the rest of him. He dresses like Lisa Simpson does when she's trying to be cool at the beach. <laughs> so once again, you think they're just ripping off the Simpsons? I mean, it's called Doug's Sister Act. They they are they have shamelessly ripped the title off of a movie. There's no there's no <laughs> level there's no depth to which they won't sink. I think, I, no, I really think they're just doing a joint promo for the movie Sister Act 2 <laughs> in theaters now. Kyle's voice by Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Well, Judy fucking sprints off as uh, Doug and Mom pull up and just fucking screams at her, her, her mom to drive off. And then Kyle comes over and introduces himself to his mom, or to Judy's mom, without, like, saying anything to Judy. He just, like, and, like, pushes in the window. He's like, what up? I'm Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just doing this to piss my girlfriend off. It's a highly advanced bit. Yeah, I think it's weird that, like, so there's, there's, a, there's a bit now where, like, Kyle introduces himself to mom, and mom is like, hey, come to dinner tonight. And... Like, she does it with this mischievous grin on, right? Like, she knows she's giving Judy shit, right? Yeah. Like, and this feels like kind of, like, I'm about to grudgingly give Jenkins some points for the fact that Kyle is treated like just, what if Patty Mayonnaise was a boy? If this is somebody <laughs> who exists exclusively as an object of desire for a member of the family... And who is in that role exclusively a source of fear and desire and, oh god, everyone else is going to embarrass me. Which, you know what, that's something, that is an irrational fear most kids have. But I think it's rational in this case, because one, mom is doing this with a mischievous grin on, right? She's inviting Kyle to dinner, and she knows that Judy doesn't want this to happen because of the expression she has on her face. And then literally later in the episode, that is what Doug does. I mean, it's what Doug does, but Doug's a little shit. Mom just might be as oblivious as her son. I guess that's true. Mother, you have that thing tonight, remember? Thing? What thing? That important thing you can't possibly miss. Stop that. I don't know what you're talking about. Dinner's at seven. Great. See you tonight. This is the only time that the mother shows authority in this entire episode. <laughs> or in most of Doug. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> When she's like, shut up, Judy, you're embarrassing me in front of Kyle. <laughs> now, letting you talk over me while you're attempting to kill us in a car, that I'm fine with. But no, this, this I will not suffer, young lady. Yeah. I want to have dinner with your boyfriend. 
<laughs> Look at this hot young boy. Let's make him some lasagna. <laughs> well, Kyle is like, yeah, sure, definitely. He doesn't even like say anything to Judy. He's just like, yeah, definitely be there. All right, bye bye, mommy. I usually eat dinner. Who <laughs> <laughs> amongst us? Yeah, that wasn't my line. What you would have just said? As soon as, <laughs> as, soon as, I, as, soon as I, I'm in a relationship, and the, and the mother of the the woman asked me <laughs> to dinner, I'm just like, I usually eat dinner. <laughs> I'm normal. Hello. <laughs> God. Well. <laughs> Well, Judy is, like, fucking furious, and Mom is totally oblivious as to why she's furious. Mom is just like, wait, why, what? And Judy is, like, fucking screaming at her. <laughs> so maybe you're right. Maybe Mom is just completely oblivious in this. Maybe she's not actually actively uh, uh And there will be mean. further evidence in this episode to suggest that Mom is really oblivious to an awful lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's why she thinks uh, burning plastic is recycling at her job. Yeah. Look, God. once it's in the air, it's nobody's problem. Please, nobody look to the western sky. God. Well, so then we go back to Doug's house, and we see that Doug is just uh, grinning and assembling a dinosaur model while Judy and Mom are just screaming at each other in the background. This is also, I think, the first time we've seen a conflict like this happen. Yeah. Not centered like, around Doug. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen, like, Judy be told that she has to do chores and stuff, and we've seen people get in trouble. We've seen but we've Doug never... become a slave. <laughs> we sure have, even as much as we'd like to forget that. <laughs> like, this is the first time we've seen the child and parents engaged in an active argument when doug's been engaged in this shit it's just been him being quiet and passive aggressive and shitty <laughs> and have the judy cops is, called him <laughs> yes <laughs> whereas judy is actually standing up to her for herself in a stupid way but she's standing up for herself which is you know what good on you right i just love how like there's like active screaming in the background and Doug is just like gritting to himself like la 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 who cares yeah Doug is just like I like this dinosaur <laughs> yeah, he's like I, I discovered this dinosaur this is the baby <laughs> couple of these bones I got given by Mr. Bluff and told I had to make them go away somehow and so I put them in this model because I discovered it this is my dinosaur <laughs> <laughs> Good. Well, so Judy bursts into Doug's room, which makes the entire dinosaur explode, and she yells at Doug to back her up on this. But Dougie, she just invited the coolest boy I've known in my entire earthly existence to meet our dull, pedestrian, bourgeois, baloney, and mayonnaise-eating family. This reminds me of the, in uh, Disco Elysium, the character Measurehead calling the white guy a ham sandwich race. Yeah, that <laughs> rules. Just the, I love also just the idea that you're going to a private school for art in the outskirts of Richmond, Virginia. I can assure you, Judy, that this guy's family is just about as mayo and baloney as you. No way, his their dad his dad has a fucking grunge opera. <laughs> Can you imagine anything whiter than a yeah, grunge right. opera? <laughs> also, okay, like right. 
working as a photographer in Walmart isn't exactly what I would call a bourgeois profession. Yeah. I mean, they live like bourgeois people. What are they teaching her at that Marxist academy? <laughs> I just realized she's pissed that, like, uh, they're not, like, artists and stuff. But being a photographer is literally making a career out of being an artist. No, right? it's not art when you take picture of babies. <laughs> oh, of course. But I mean, like, photography is an artistic career, way more artistic than most, right? Yeah, like, there's... Oh, man, what if Doug showed him his comic books? Oh, oh God. <laughs> I'm an artist. <laughs> Doug's like, wait, but I'm an artist, and shows his And Doug is like, this is what it would happen if Sonic and Pikachu combined. Shows his picture. And that's of the last we'll go down that rabbit hole. Thank you, Sam. <laughs> Not even our great explainer is going to dig into that one. Yeah, yeah no, 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 that no, one no. we are leaving with. Just do some googling. Yeah. Goodbye. Don't anyway. do that. Actually. <laughs> anyway, so, so, um, but yeah. Also, like, I I will say that I have heard on multiple occasions that a, as a Midwestern boy myself, I have heard, "Damn, your family eats a lot of mayo." <laughs> <laughs> we are a ham sandwich people. This is true. <laughs> I still recall the most sociopathic thing I've ever seen about any politician is that uh, the former governor of Wisconsin, Scott Walker, taking his lunch to work with him every day. This guy is a very rich man who has been fully backed by all of the usual round of Republican backers. Like... This guy is at the beck and call of the Koch family, and in one memorable occasion, some pranksters got a hold of him and got him to basically kiss their ass on the phone by pretending to be a spokesperson for the Kochs, and he's just like, uh, yes sir, of course sir, I'll do whatever you say, sir. And that man, somebody who has at his fingertips all of the wealth and power that might imply, his lunch is just a white bread ham sandwich that he takes in from home every day and then for dessert he has some birthday cake yeah it's good we are ruled <laughs> by the most pathetic weirdos Sounds buy good. good food at least if you're selling out the fucking world at least you do something cool with the money i thought nah. tom cotton was the birthday cake guy no, oh, Tom Cotton might be the birthday cake. The problem is they both look very similar. They're the same type of guy who's uh, kind of vacant behind the eyes, no chin. Tom Cotton, this is the this is how I know about the birthday cake. <laughs> because Tom Cotton was like getting interviewed by NPR or the New York Times or something like that. And they were like, what's your guilty pleasure? And his first answer was, oh, I like to run. And they were like, uh... That's not a guilty pleasure. And then he like <laughs> freezes for like three seconds. And then he goes, well, it's so I can eat birthday cake without feeling bad. <laughs> every and day. they're just like, they're just like, you eat birthday cake? And he's like, yeah, every day. <laughs> yeah, but that's normal. The weird right. thing is that he runs. <laughs> <laughs> That's the guilty part. <laughs> you imagine what the thing is that makes it birthday cake as opposed to regular cake? Yeah. You th just pretend that it's his birthday every day. Maybe he gets to My make birthday. a wish every day. He gets to make a wish. <laughs> My wish is that I get to run and eat birthday cake tomorrow. I'm normal. Yeah, he wishes that tomorrow's birthday cake will be just as good as today's. <laughs> 
man who is happier than any human being if he wasn't clearly lying about every facet of that story. <laughs> I choose to believe the only thing that wasn't a lie was the birthday cake. <laughs> <laughs> that dude doesn't run. <laughs> Oh, God. All right. So Judy thinks to herself as Doug is like, yeah, we're not that bad. Judy Judy remembers to herself when the last time uh, one of her boyfriends came to visit. Yet a third boyfriend. Yeah. And they flashback to the the boyfriend eating dinner with the funny family at 3 p.m. <laughs> and I apologize. I am going to put the clip in here. But uh, if you have misophonia for uh, the sounds of people eating, just skip ahead a few seconds because it's literally just this for like 10 seconds straight. It fucking sucks. We watch like 10 or 15 or 30 seconds of people just chewing food loudly. <laughs> it's awful. Everyone is just smacking their lips and staring vacantly at nothing. What's wrong with that? That's the way you eat, goddammit. Sam, you have specific... Once again in the canon here, you have specifically talked about how much you hate listening to people smack their food when they eat. I believe it was during the episode when Willie was eating before the, the he was running for mayor. That doesn't right? sound right. All right, well, I'll check the tapes, and I'm 100% certain you said that and made now, a big-ass deal of it. If you find the tapes, they've been fabricated. The key oh, okay. point is that you do have to stare vacantly forward and not make a sound while you wolf down the slop that's in front of you. Right, they have to not make a sound. They're making lots of sounds. <laughs> to me, if this is completely deathly quiet when I'm meeting somebody's parents, that's the perfect interaction. Nah, I would hate it. I <laughs> Holy would shit. I, I mean, it could be so much worse if the Doug's dad was like, so, do you like guns? He pulls his chair up to the guy and he's like, Who did you vote for? <laughs> exactly. I love the idea that the rest of the family is eating in silence while the boyfriend just stares intently at them. Just yeah. dares one of them to say the first Come on, say it. Say it. <laughs> the boyfriend just stares intently at Judy's crotch the entire time. <laughs> God. Doug high fives him. Oh my god, no. <laughs> uh, well, Doug is just like, your boyfriend's hot, Judy. <laughs> <laughs> Doug just takes his shirt off and stares at the boyfriend. <laughs> you want to see my quail man drawing? <laughs> goes, You'd think this was entirely Sam being weird, but no, we do in fact see Doug fantasize about being shirtless in front of the boyfriend in a bit, so... <laughs> Doug's like, I like to wear my underwear on the outside to the boyfriend. <laughs> Do you wash your underwear? I don't. Oh my god. <laughs> well, and then, so in this fantasy, or not, it's not a fantasy, it is a flashback where they are eating dinner at 3 p.m. It specifically zooms in on the clock. Uh, and they are just sitting there eating a pile of mashed potatoes. And then when the dude is offered gravy by dad, the dude just flops his face into the middle of the mashed potatoes and Judy starts crying. He's he's narcoleptic. Come some slack. This is how uh, yeah. every one of my interactions has gone. I don't know what Judy's so worked up about. <laughs> Maybe like I said, just... this is the perfect situation for me. I don't have to say a word. That's rocks. And you get to eat an entire thing of mashed potatoes uh -huh. by yourself. <laughs> it's the perfect meeting of parents situation. <laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe Phil was like, oh boy, this guy can eat, Judy. You sure can pick him. <laughs> yeah, the parents like him. <laughs> yeah. like, when Kyle comes over, they're like, Judy, where did that other nice young man get to go? <laughs> I made an extra say, uh, plate of mashed potatoes. <laughs> Oh, shit. Well, so, Judy is, we go back into the real world after Judy remembers crying at this perfect interaction. (laughs) It was the most perfect artistic moment I ever saw. No one will ever compare. And you think that that would be artsy for her, but no, whatever. But, so, she talks about how she wishes that mom and dad could be painters or nuclear scientists or hunchbacks. Oh, come on, Judy. It's like you want them to be characters in one of your stupid plays. Such an amazing line. Why do you like it so much? Because it's like you want your parents to be characters in a piece of media that's interesting. (laughs) It's like you'd like it if anyone in this goddamn show had a motive force that led them to interact with the world, as opposed to just basically being reacted upon by Doug. (laughs) So what are you saying? You want people to do things. Gross. How dare you? You want your family to be interesting? You want the f- you want the family in this television show to be interesting? Awful. <laughs> Remember back when this is supposed to be called The Funnies? Barely. <laughs> That's so <laughs> weird. That's so weird to think of that. Like, imagine back in the world where we had any idea what motivated either of Doug's parents, where they existed as anything more than weird appendages who spent the first three seasons at the hotel. Yeah, well, now we know what motivates them. Judy should have brought Kyle over to the Dinks and pretended the Dinks were <laughs> Yeah, he's a writer. Wait, yeah. she wanted she's Dad to be a writer. Yeah, a writer and a politician. Fuck, that's super interesting, right? That's exactly what she wanted. Wait, are you the mayor's daughter? Yes, shut up. <laughs> yeah. Yes, my name is Judy Dink. What does Dink stand for? Don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't investigate night crimes. Yes, we spell crimes with a K anyway. (laughs) And she still makes Doug be the butler. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. So Judy gets an idea at this statement. And Doug is like, oh, shit, never mind. Even though Judy's like, hell yeah, I'm going to go for it. And so... (laughs) We flash to dad, mom and dad making dinner, where dad is basically chopping a bell pepper, and mom is making some kind of lasagna, and they're humming pizza time music together. (laughs) (laughs) Two soulmates perfectly in sync. Uh, well, Judy fucking busts in and hands a page of lines to mom and dad and says they only have an hour to memorize them. And that dad will be playing a renowned poet, novelist, and playwright who is living in seclusion after a life of piracy. And the fact <sighs> the dad's response is not, what? 
<laughs> yeah, his response is like, we only have an hour? Oh, shit. We gotta get to I'm this. instantly yes-ending this bit. I mean, that's kind of sick that the parents are that supportive, at least to Judy, not to Doug. Like, that's one of the things that makes me, like, that was one of the points on which I decided that, yeah, okay, this is the most Doug episode of Doug. Because the sensible reaction any normal human being would have is, no, I <laughs> explain yourself and also no. I'm your but, parents, I'm saying no. <laughs> but in this situation, we are assuming... Yeah, but what if the world was just that little bit wackier, and we could do this entire extensive thing, and they're willing to play along for the sake of their daughter? Answer, it'd be stupid and horrible, but it'd be stupid and horrible in basically the same way. And doesn't that teach us something? Right, but you know if Doug did this, if Doug tried to come in and be like, here's some lines, you gotta play these characters, they'd immediately be like, you're grounded, mister, and he'd be like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. We like Judy, <laughs> Finally. we don't like you. <laughs> right, they'd be like, you're grounded, Doug, we're too busy trying to memorize lines for Judy's boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I'm gonna break my dinosaur again. <laughs> <laughs> God. Oh my god, well, okay, so they send it to dad, and mom is supposed to be playing a renowned anthropologist who just got back from a year in the jungle studying the potato worshippers of Moguano. Hmm. Um. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Not, not great. Um. You may think this probably isn't going to go anywhere good. You're extremely correct about that. So Judy as if there is bologna in lasagna. And in fact, now they are cutting bologna. And I think later we see that there actually is bologna in lasagna, which, you know. Which is the most disgusting thing I can fucking imagine. Uh-huh. Fucking white people, man. <laughs> it's good. lasagna it was invented by white people in the first place let's put some mayo in there let's spice it up baby god <laughs> damn it you're already cutting a pepper you're adding spice what about this ranch <laughs> it's funny it's, oh. And it's like, when we cut back to ranch cutting... and bologna lasagna that is what they are having <laughs> with green peppers in it and, and when we do cut back to cutting the green pepper, now, in fact, he is cutting bologna. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> they take a bite of the lasagna, like, ooh, it's too spicy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Throw a little bit more bologna in there, dear. Mmm, just enough mayo. <laughs> God. Well, they, uh, they, <laughs> in fact, now we see that Judy is answering the door and has hired the rest of the entire theater club to build a set for this house. And mom says that they won't act out for Judy like this, but Judy is like, mom, you got me into this shit and now you gotta get me out Tell of Tell your child no, for the love <laughs> of God. No, there's You're not a setting a good example here for the kids watching. <laughs> I don't show. know, dear. Will I get to do? Will I get to put the dog in something approximating blackface? Oh God, <laughs> maybe that is what kind of put her over the edge. 
Which is the worst because Porkchop is extremely interesting. If she is looking for interesting characters, this is a dog that can talk and was the subject of a trial two episodes ago. Right. It's like, well, this is very hard and it's going to be embarrassing, but I do like potatoes. (laughs) Oh my God. God, well, they set up this place and now we see, like, we kind of flash forward to after they've done costuming. And Dad is wearing a robe and an eye patch and Japanese sandals. And he is asking for his motivation for this scene. So what's my motivation in this scene? Anger. You haven't written anything in almost two years because of the stifling boredom of small town life. You're very bitter. Try smashing things. I'm just saying, Dad, you've been... Keeping a lot of anger deep down ever since the episode where you attempted to uproot the entire family in the name of getting Doug a better birthday present. Maybe it'd be oh, healthy God. if you let some of that out. Yeah, they're just like, Dad, you, you, you are way too cool and supportive. You agreed to this plan way too quickly. You gotta start smashing <laughs> shit and being mean. <laughs> God. And now we see Mom's outfit. And she's in, like... A tribal mask and like some neck rings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, it's, it's not great. <laughs> like this is very clearly uh, somebody's very suburban Virginia perception of this is what a witch doctor looks like, right? Yeah, she's holding the shoe polish. She's like, Judy, can you help me with my makeup? <laughs> oh, no, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Thankfully, no, they no, don't no. go quite that far, but that's the one thing they don't do. Oh my god, I wonder if that was in an early draft, and then they're like, wait a minute. <laughs> mm. I mean, you could still get away with it back in the early nineties. Yeah, ask the governor of Virginia around that time. Oh, <laughs> oh, god. For those of you who aren't aware, there is, he, I'll have you know, he is insistent that the guy in the blackface might not be him. He might be the one in the Klansman getup. Oh my god. Well, Phil is practicing his lines when uh, the theater kids are setting up like a full set and lighting. Which, like, the lighting changes throughout the dinner scene. So, I, I mean, they must be this still there. The theater kids must be hanging out. And doing also, dinner. an important detail, Q is the one who delivers all this stuff to them. Which does oh. let us know, once again, we can ask Jim Jenkins the most important question. <laughs> what did you know and when did you know it? <laughs> once again, we must ask this. We've asked it repeatedly over the course of this show. <laughs> Remember, post 9-11. Of course. And so Phil is practicing his lines. He says, Avast, honey. The transcendent piquancy of this lasagna recalls my youthful days on the Spanish main. Same. You like it? It is a special recipe which I learned from the natives in the tropical rainforest. <laughs> what natives? Let's not ask. Why was Phil on the Spanish main in 1963? Let's not ask. Look, the important thing is that this is allowing them to do something interesting with their dinners for the first time in years. I learned this lasagna recipe in the tropical rainforests of Italy. <laughs> <laughs> Further proof Italy doesn't exist. Yes, of course. Well, Dad just starts jumping forward ahead in the script, and Judy's like, stop it, you're jumping too far forward ahead. He screams, ah, my writer's block, which is another one of the Doug lines that's just, like, weirdly (laughs) in my head forever. Is that one of them? Do you remember that one a ton? 
uh-huh. I guess it's all just <laughs> Doug's dad's lines, because it, it's also that's... the funny five. Yeah, that's true. All the lines that are jammed in your head are Doug's dad's Because <laughs> he has so few parts. Every time he spoke, I was just enthralled. Real <laughs> cool, so. son. Yeah. Real cool. Yeah. You just, just saw yourself becoming Phil later in your life. <laughs> You were taking notes of being like, oh, dang it, I'm a no, big Phil. I'm not the Phil. Sam I, podcast, I, son. The <laughs> Sam podcast. Yeah. I'm not Phil. Phil has a house. <laughs> <laughs> Phil has a wife and kids. <laughs> Phil had Phil hopes has for the future. A, <laughs> Phil has a job in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a field that he's passionate about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, we're just on the verge of uh, going over the entire Homer Simpson has the job that anyone in this generation would kill for thing again. But it is worth noting, Phil is somebody who is incredibly miserable in his life as it has become. And from our perspective here and now, it just looks like paradise. Oh my god, yeah, kind of true. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I mean, he is father to Doug, which isn't ideal, but you can't have win them all. Right, it gets better than that. <laughs> Real cool podcast, son. <laughs> we did we did determine that in the Gritty Doug reboot, Doug is a podcaster. Dear podcast. <laughs> Dear vlog. God. Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh my god, dear Minecraft fan base. <laughs> Today I got in trouble while streaming a video game. I said something that I shouldn't have said. <laughs> god. Now what I learned from this is that I shouldn't be recording all the time. Oh god. Doug is like what I what I learned but the moral I learned today is that social justice warriors are bad. <laughs> the real oh, fascists no. are the online cancel culture mob. No, Doug, please, Doug, don't do that. God. Well, <laughs> please no. Disney hire us for the modern Doug reboot. We have such sh- sites to show you. Yeah, we have such good material. <laughs> We'll be canceled immediately. It'll be great on social media. Oh, yeah. It'll be one of those things that uh, 20 years down the road, someone will do a podcast about how great it was. (laughs) How before Uh, its time it was. It's the only surviving piece of media after the water wars. (laughs) We end up being the basis of the culture that is regrown after the apocalypse. Right. We'll we'll be brought on to the the podcast that is broadcast across like AM radio from like from wasteland to wasteland and we'll be like that was the beginning of the worst of it all (laughs) (laughs) anyway back to you mayor white right (laughs) back to your regularly scheduled mandatory propaganda listening (laughs) oh man well so doug then imagines after uh phil goes on about his writer's block uh doug imagines what role is in store for him he imagines being jumping out of behind the staircase when kyle shows up wearing a loincloth and having long hair at only and running around on his hands and knees this is the second time doug has fantasized about being a monkey in diapers <laughs> probably That's nothing not to worry that. about it 
in order to make someone else look good. <laughs> Somebody else is looking better than me. I must just be a stinky ape running around on all fours being called a monkey. My diaper's so it. full. Oh, I need a changey. I need Mommy Judy to change my diaper. <laughs> Kyle, will you do the honors? <laughs> it's <laughs> like, all full, Kyle. Like later, <laughs> when Doug imagines how he might actually uh, do things to troll Judy and Kyle's day, and he just shows up in a diaper. <laughs> it's you I'm who's all... owned by this somehow. <laughs> I'm full, Baby, Kyle. make boom boom. <laughs> Baby Dougie. <laughs> Good. Disney, please what? sponsor us. <laughs> the next fantasy is he's Smash Adams, but also wearing a diaper. <laughs> yeah. he, oh, no, no. He's very being... careful, and I find this fascinating because it is a level of attention they don't usually pay to these things. His next fantasy is him as Secret Agent 00 who is not Smash Adams, because, of course, Kyle knows about Smash Adams. Doug just has to be someone else who is as cool as Smash Adams. That's true, yeah. He's someone even more secret than Smash Adams. Oh, yeah, they probably retired Smash Adams in uh, the Christmas episode when he was useless. Oh, yeah, yeah, they they retired him when he tried to beat up Race Canyon, and they're like, no, 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 don't do that. Uh Race Canyon put Smash Adams in traction. There's The lawsuit is still (laughs) ongoing. Right. Also, he does say he has to fly off to go save the president in this fantasy, so I would like to clarify, this is, in fact, canon. Q is now issuing new (laughs) orders. We must await secret agent Doug Funny saving Donald Trump and making him president (laughs) once again. That's right, because Q is here in this in this setting. <laughs> and this is where Q got the idea for what would later on become the basis of a conspiracy theory for people who thought Donald Trump was going to save them. Oh my god, and he, he says he's from MI5, so maybe that's another secret organization. <laughs> no, that's just actually what the organization in real life that mi6 is based on is oh fine but like, also mi5 is the british version of the cia fine fine well now <laughs> we we flash back to reality uh and we find that doug is ne- he's thrown into a tux by judy and he's like oh yeah wow i actually will be a secret where agent where did you get a tux for a 12 year old right why do you have a doug sized tux in your, <laughs> in your costume bin <laughs> but she has one and she throws it to doug and while he's popping off be- being a secret agent she's like nah you have to be a butler owned <laughs> Wait, you're and making an 11 year old be the butler? That's even stupider. Yeah, especially because she gives him a little fake mustache, too. <laughs> He's the most mature 11 year old around. He's got a little mustache. Judy breaks child labor laws. Look, Dougie. I'm an actress, mom worships potatoes, and dad's an ex-pirate. I've tried to figure out a good part for you, but I'm afraid you're just way too dull to fit into this family. You're the butler. (laughs) She's right. (laughs) And Porkchop is also pissed. She doesn't say what Porkchop's gonna be here, but boy do we find out later. Oh, fucking boy do we find out. (laughs) Keep that shoe polish out, this is funny. Oh my god. Yeah. (laughs) 
Well, Kyle shows up. I guess it's been an hour now. And Kyle shows up and Doug answers the door as the butler. And he's like, oh, God, I must have the wrong house. This looks like some freak show place. (laughs) Don't worry, sir. You're on Mr. Epstein's guest list. Oh, God. Doug freaking yanks Kyle into the house. And he's like, Mrs. Judy awaits in the drawing room. (laughs) And Kyle walks in. Kisses Judy on the cheek and is like, oh, who's this child butler? (laughs) Dear, what the hell is going on? And she's like, oh, that's just Yancey. And Kyle's just like, that's weird, dude. (laughs) So your family has a child butler, huh? With an obviously faked mustache. Neat. <laughs> the reason you didn't mention this at school, Judy. Yeah. Well, Doug marches off, and Judy introduces her two parents while a spotlight shines on them, obviously showing the theater kids are still here. And Mom is like, oh, hey, I was just off preparing a lecture on the Maguano tribe. And the mom's well, just like, oh, hello, I'm racist. <laughs> that's my profession. <laughs> I mean, suburban Virginia, that's not an uncommon intro. <laughs> the I'm racist, not that I'm preparing a lecture on the Maguana. <laughs> that's probably what uh, in what actually happened in the fantasy with the potatoes is that Doug's dad just turned to the boyfriend and said something really inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> and he shoved his face in the potatoes. Dad, the dad is wearing one of those rules for dating my daughter t-shirts. Oh, God. And, and holding a shotgun. <laughs> and asking God. whether or not you think it's true that Perot was queer. <laughs> oh, Marxist. oh my God. I've seen the school you go to. <laughs> oh so, Vietnam, were we betrayed by the commies or the Democrats? Trick <laughs> question, same thing. <laughs> and then he slaps the kid on the back and goes, You're all right, son. <laughs> oh my God. Let's go jerk off in the pantry. <laughs> no, no, that's what Doug wants to do. Well, Foreshadowing, dad, gentle viewer. God. Well, as Dad bows in his robe, Doug says that there is a Also phone not unprecedented for meeting somebody's parents in the suburbs of Richmond, Virginia. Yeah, true. Well, Doug says that there's a phone call for Master Kyle. And... We know that there is a phone in the entryway of the funny household, but, you know, whatever. It's fine. We gotta lure Kyle back to the closet. (laughs) It's the CIA telling you to get out while you still can. (laughs) Kind of. That's what he's kind of trying to do here. Doug, quit quit trying to make out with my boyfriend. (laughs) Not again, Doug. This is when the last one left. Doug, that's why Roger left. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the the Doug pulls Kyle into the pantry, just like fucking shoves him into the pantry, and it's like a massive. While y'all fucking, watch Downton Abbey, it's a fucking massive walk-in pantry. And it is full of only sauce, soda crackers, and cookies and Kool-Aid. Sorry, I'm now I'm now I'm just like cracking up about him. Like he throws Kyle into the pantry, and then he just starts undressing, and he has the baby dog outfit on. Oh no! 
day before Kyle. And on the back of the pantry door is a changing table. <laughs> Apropos of nothing, let me read the sentence that's on the Doug wiki. This is Kyle's only appearance. <laughs> Can't imagine why. Oh my god. Well, unfortunately, the thing that he's brought Kyle into the pantry for is he pulls Do you know what any of these bottles are? We keep getting them. They're called spices or something? What the fuck are these? <laughs> it's, not, it's not just... We have more than just mayonnaise. It's awful. <laughs> <laughs> well... Doug pulls off the mustache and tells him that he's actually a secret agent. Shh, we have no time. Your life may be in danger. What? Here, take this. If you need help, just call me on the sponge. But be careful. They mustn't find out I am actually Special Agent Doug. Oh, there you are. Monkey cheese. But it's extremely wow. monkey cheese. <laughs> But Judy breaks in and is like, Doug is like, oh, we're just getting the hors d'oeuvres. And he pulls out a box of Cracker King crackers. No comment. <laughs> yeah. And, and they get, so now we flash forward to uh, actually at the dinner table. And mom is telling Kyle about how when she left uh, her research area, Chief Tater Tot presented her with this ceremonial totem. <laughs> and, yeah, well, we didn't know what Porkchop was until now. <laughs> and now we find that Porkchop is dressed as just the worst totem pole. <laughs> yeah, you know how uh, there is an entire market in extremely racist figurines back during the 50s? Yeah. Pork chops well, like one of those, only people-sized. <laughs> and alive. <laughs> and yeah, wearing man. a very interesting mask. And the viewers are just like, didn't he, like, almost die last week? Oh, well, <laughs> that was that was Christmas. That now, was many months now, ago. Now he's racist, I guess. <laughs> You're being re-inaugurated into Virginian society, which means you do have to have pictures taken of you in some kind of extremely <laughs> racist context. They And the weirdest part is that, like, there's a mouth that they've drawn on him, and they have drawn it on his nose because he also has his regular mouth. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> so the less said about the subtext here, the better. Yeah, it's not great. Um, and they continue having dinner. Doug pours water for Kyle out of a jug. It has a vaguely African design on it, you see. And Kyle is like, "Oh, this is weird, dude." And then he is presented with the quote, "the rarest of Maguano dishes: peas from the communal bowl." <laughs> And it's peas, and he eats. The, they eat him with their hands, and then Phil, <laughs> Phil just starts fucking screaming his lines here. Phil is <laughs> hamming it up, <laughs> and Phil is fucking going for it. And you go, Dad. Oh my writer's block! Oh the agony! It's been hard these past twenty-five years. 
25 years. Judy is what, 16, 17? Yes, this implies that he's had writer's block since, let's see here, let's do some basic math. <laughs> since the like late 60s. Jesus. I so guess. This and is, I've had writer's block and been hiding out as a pirate since the late 60s. And <laughs> while I was doing that, I, I spent 10 years of that, and then I knocked up this chick and she produced Judy. <laughs> And uh, also a butler. <laughs> yes, I made a butler. I met your mother in Somalia. <laughs> and, yeah. and it's been really hard these past 25 years ever since we've had Judy. <laughs> also, I like to think that this is in fact Jenkins saying, God, my writer's block. Oh, the agony. I really wish I could have thought of any better ideas for an episode. Oh, God. But also I do appreciate it as the price of this is he's getting too into it. Like, if he was just kind of half-heartedly playing along, this wouldn't be half as embarrassing, but the fact that, oh no, I'm getting exactly what I wanted and I hate it, there's something interesting <laughs> there. <laughs> right. Yeah, I guess we're not just, you know, gonna be her parent and tell her, no, you might as well ham it up. <laughs> <laughs> you might as well really just fucking go for it, dude. <laughs> Well, Kyle is, like, about to take a pee from the bowl, and then Doug mimes that the peas are poison and falls over. Peas are really gross. I like them. I like peas. Gross. All right. <laughs> I usually food. just put pea in the bowl. I don't know Excuse about you people. Me. They're a pee-pee food. <laughs> you have to, <laughs> from the pee-pee food from the communal bowl. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. That's where well, it wipes. Of course. <laughs> That's what Doug wanted to show him in the in the closet. Uh-huh. I made pee-pee. In the communal bowl. <laughs> now your turn, Kyle. New diphy, please. Well, uh, Judy is like, don't mind Yancey. Ever since the alien abduction, he hasn't been the same. And Dad just fucking continues to scream about his writer's block. Real cool, son. Real cool. This is the first time they touched on alien abduction being a thing, which is interesting. It means we're moving later on into the 90s as far as a conspiracy theory that only really got going after the fall of the Berlin Wall. Oh. Was that what did that did those two things relate or is it just because the Berlin like the the Cold War stuff really dominated the narrative of cranks? The Cold War stuff really dominated the narrative of cranks, but cranks were still needed something to be cranks about. And so all the mysterious uh, actually, OK, I did not plan the sidebar. But oh, it's here we go. <laughs> but uh, are you familiar with the uh, actual stuff that was at Area 51? Uh, you mean... Aliens. I don't know, you mean the aliens, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I know about the aliens. Yeah. You mean well, the, the, I've, the I've alien... Talked to, I've talked to them before. Uh, <laughs> of you course. mean the alien, the alien that's in a coffin that's wielded by the U.S. Secretary of State in Guilty <laughs> Gear Strive? <laughs> yes, that is, of course, the real, true, and canon thing that happened. <laughs> but the cover story is... Oh, uh, yeah, of course. Uh, it turns out that we were practicing a lot with, like, advanced aircraft out there. Like, there's a bunch of military air force bases out in that direction, and the thing about experimental aircraft is that experimental aircraft crash. 
Like a lot. And they're also alien technology. Yes. Well, what happened was That's people right. started <laughs> freaking, like, we would, people started showing up saying, wait, there's a crash. There's a plume of smoke from somewhere in the middle of the Nevada desert. And there's military police on the site awful fast. Is the military covering up aliens? They and imagine are. briefly <laughs> that you are the PR officer for a military base where a test pilot has just lawn jarted and put himself 18 feet underground along with several million dollars of experimental aircraft. And some absolute fucking dipshit has just walked up to you <laughs> and said, is this actually aliens? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Your answer <laughs> is, I can't confirm or deny that while winking, because that's a lot better story to have people believe than, no, we're mostly just killing test pilots out here for kicks. I also cannot confirm or deny that the Earth is round. <laughs> right, because we're too busy putting said alien in a coffin and on a big metal chain to be wielded <laughs> by Gold Lewis Dickinson. <laughs> 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 Guilty ears drive. There are like twelve people remaining alive, and all the Japanese ones have superpowers. The Secretary oh of Defense God. has an alien in a coffin, and he uses it as several of his composts, and also his finisher. Yeah, he's he's a big bad man. <laughs> his finisher is that somebody gets alien abducted, and he's just like, God damn it! I told him to stop doing that. Oh God! All right, well. So as Kyle is like just watching like this mess unfold and Judy is telling her mom to read part of her lecture to the to 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 the crowd, uh Kyle looks into his cup uh and he he sees that there's a note that says there is a bomb in the lasagna and he reads it Somebody out loud. Put the screw in the tuna. My god. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yes, exactly. And he reads it out loud, and so then Doug storms back in and jumps belly first into the lasagna. Uh-oh, I'm all messy. <laughs> oh no, Kyle, I saved you. You owe me a changing. <laughs> splish, splish, splosh. <laughs> I'm so dirty. <laughs> And he, he pulls up to Kyle and he's like They got me Kyle They got me I'm a goner You'll never get away with it Judy You can kill me But there'll be others This is so out of character for Doug It's Completely. so weird Like he's never done anything like this before He's never like trolled somebody. Least he's never of all, been confident before. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is by far the most confident he's ever been. While he's like, and he's also the best actor out of the crew of them. Like Judy's being a shit actor here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Also, the fact that mom and dad are just kind of taking this in stride owns so much. Yeah. Why aren't they just like you ruined dinner, you little shit? Go to your room. You, you ruined dinner and also the living room. <laughs> and also covered. that tuxedo can't have been cheap <laughs> the, the living room is covered in mayonnaise and bologna now 
There's ranch all over everything. It is not yet Thursday. Normally, this is what it looks like after we have Todd for dinner. We can't clean it up like this twice in a week. People will talk. Well, yeah, also out of character for everyone else here, Mom and Dad and also Kyle just start cracking up, even though Doug should get grounded here, but instead everybody just cracks up. Now's the part where we start finding anything about this funny. Right. And so Judy storms off pissed. And she's like, Kyle, it wasn't supposed to be this way. It's ruined as Kyle's just cracking up in her face. (laughs) Doug is like, oh, wait, at this minute is when I realized I might have gone too far. Oh, yeah, really? I'm a dipshit. (laughs) Yeah, wait a minute. I might be an asshole. (laughs) Oh, wait, I'm also hungry. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's maybe that's what he's thinking. He's like, wait, shit! I just realized I don't get dinner now. <laughs> <laughs> just starts licking his tuxedo. Right? He's like, mm, tastes like me. <laughs> <laughs> tastes like my dirty diaper. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh my god. Well, so, and then to Doug's credit, this is, like, one of the most moments of self-realization he's ever had, right? Oh, yeah. Hold on. (laughs) Maybe I'm being an asshole. (laughs) Like, he realized it once before ever, I think, when he realized he was being an asshole to Skeeter after he realized he was a brain genius, right? Like... He realized he was being an asshole here, and then I guess he's being realized he's being an asshole here like three episodes later, so... Yes. <laughs> I mean, credit where credit's due, I guess. Lowest bar imaginable. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> he, he goes... Kyle is like, did I do something wrong to mom and dad? And mom is like... Nah, man, it's just been a really weird day. <laughs> You're literally the only person here who isn't acting grievously out of character because you didn't exist prior to this episode. Right. And so, Doug walks out to Judy and he's like, are you okay? <laughs> like, what the fuck, I just dude? humiliated you in front of your boyfriend. Are you... Having an emotional reaction to that. You're covered in mayonnaise, bologna, and green peppers. We're cool, right? I can go oh up and like God. play with my models now. All right, see ya. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're sick, right? Everything's sick? All right, bye. <laughs> <sighs> well... He's like, Judy just says, and instead, usually Judy is like angry at Doug, but now she's just like downtrodden. She's just like, why did you do that? Why did you wreck everything? Great question. (laughs) Doug doesn't have an answer. No, he doesn't. He's like, I don't know. And then leaves. You called me boring. (laughs) That's what he fucking says. He's like, I'm sorry, Judy, but you just made me so mad telling us all how boring and stupid we were making me the butler (laughs) he's like it's your fault judy you did this you made this happen (laughs) because you're boring and stupid that's why i made you the butler (laughs) and not me who decided i was going to belly flop onto (laughs) dinner and then say there will be others not me who is trying to get your boyfriend to change my diaper (laughs) that's cool and normal also, hold on, I just realized, if Doug can fit in this entire tray of lasagna, just how much of lasagna did they make? 
50 pounds of lasagna. <laughs> There's a pig's worth of bologna in there. Holy shit. How many jars of mayonnaise did they use? <laughs> I mean, I guess now I get why they needed that giant walk-in closet full of saws. We produce one lasagna every 10 years. It lasts us through the winter. Good yeah, we, Lord. we had to use three whole loaves of white bread. <laughs> and four whole loaves of mayonnaise. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing we had that changing table in the pantry. <laughs> God, well... So, so Judy then apologizes to Doug. Come on. Again. It always happens. When Doug does something that's the most jerkish thing of all, then people apologize to him. When he handcuffed himself to Patty, she apologized. When he insulted (laughs) Skeeter, she apologized to Doug. It always happens. That's the thing, though, because this is the part where the episode abruptly returns towards what this would have been in real life. In real life, this would have been, there was kind of an awkward dinner with the boyfriend, and Doug acted out in some way, and Judy overreacted to it. And Judy realizing that, oh no, me reacting to my little brother being a dipshit, I maybe went a little bit overboard... In that version, the version that people would actually experience in real life that they would find relatable here, Judy would have a reason to apologize. That's how the story would go. And it is in that weird disconnect between the fantastical and the mundane where when Doug is working, that's what Doug is. Hmm. This doesn't make any goddamn sense in light of the absolute fucking shit show Doug just made of it. But <laughs> if this had just been Doug saying, hey, want to see my Quail Man comics and really insisting yeah. on it and Judy having the same freak out about him ruining everything, this would track. Sure. Yeah. If he had just been like boring and annoying or some shit like yeah. he usually is instead of actively uh, <laughs> maleficent. Yes. Like this is. This is the transition from the fantastical, wacky world of Bluffington back into the real and relatable world. And that's why I think I like this episode, because they're attempting to capture what if this real world thing could be blown up into its wackiest and wildest form, but we can still learn a lesson from it at the end. Right. All right, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, this is like, yeah, this is what should happen where they all, like, come back together at the end. Yes, it's just that because of the middle bit being weird, over the top, (laughs) and not to mention a fair amount racist, it does come slightly out of left field. That's true. Well, they, Judy is like, she's talking about how it was so freaking ruined and about how, you know, she never liked anyone as much as Kyle. She's about to say that. And then Kyle shows up. And he's like, oh, God, it's awkward. Should I go? She's like, mm, I don't know. Maybe you should. It's Doug you. actually does a decent job of giving her the head. Hey, Judy. Like, okay, well, okay, never mind. We are giving you a chance to recover. Yeah, exactly. And then Kyle's like, oh, yeah, the performance piece that you just put on. 
And Kyle's like, of course it was a performance piece. Wasn't that the point? And Doug tries to be like, no, it wasn't. (laughs) And Judy elbows like, yes, yes, it was. We are all having a good laugh here. I just love that Doug is obviously oblivious again. He's like, no, it was an idiot. This was on purpose. (laughs) I actually needed you to change me. That wasn't a bit. Oh, God. (laughs) See, Um, I mean, then Kyle, his justification for liking it is nonsensical. Well, there were a few problems in scene three. But it all came together for me when the secret agent dove on the lasagna. Pulled what together? <laughs> yeah, that really made the grunge opera work out. <laughs> Look. Like, what? What? I. <sighs> maybe he just loves Gallagher. And he just or maybe loves- he just. Or maybe he just really likes Judy and is willing to come up with a version of the story where it's fine. I still like you. Yeah. We are coming up with a version of this story where it's all fine and we just kind of brush over. Yeah, your little brother was a bit of a dipshit, but we'll work around it. And Doug busts in. No, I was was actually doing exactly what she told me. (laughs) Shut up, Doug. I'm the hero. (laughs) I was very cool. (laughs) (laughs) Kyle, I've got more tricks I can show you. You want to see my drawings? (laughs) Kyle's like, oh, I gotta go, gotta go. Kyle, I've got these handcuffs. I've got this cool (laughs) trick I can show you. Oh, shit. Kyle want to meet my friend Todd? (laughs) Hey, Todd, let's go stare at Monk Monk. Oh, yeah, he's like, Kyle, want to see Monk Monk? (laughs) <laughs> Let's go to my room real fast. Come He's on, like, Kyle. Kyle. I've got so He's much like, to Kyle. show you. Kyle, how do I get girls to like me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. We want girls. Oh. <laughs> that line still just occasionally sticks in my head for sheer what in the name of God. God. Well, they. That's as. Kyle leaves to go ride home on his motorcycle. Judy comes and kisses him on the cheek while the parents stare at them from like two feet away. <laughs> and so Doug says, I, I mean, I guess what the moral is. He says, So Judy's act didn't fool anybody. Except Judy. What? I guess it's normal sometimes to be embarrassed about your family. But maybe it's just because you see them every day. What? To other people, your family isn't boring at all. What? That's not what happened! Nope. That's not at all what happened! What, what do you mean just because you see them every day? What, what are you talking about, you dumb dipshit? If they'd had the story, like, what would have happened IRL in the version of this story where they are told, where the parents say, no, we're not doing that. We're just going to have dinner. Stop being weird about this, kid. It's going to be fine. That's how it would have gone. However, in this version of it, there was no, actually, it turns out you're perfectly normal. No, he just pretended to buy that the entire weird production was... (laughs) Okay, the moral that they are going for here is the moral that you should draw from the analogous situation that happens in real life. (laughs) And the fact that it's not the situation that happened in Bluffington, who gives a shit? But I mean, they don't even reference what the situation that that happens in real life should be. 
They so they veer so far off course, and then oh, at the completely. end, the, what Doug writes in his journal has nothing to do with reality. It has nothing to do with what we just saw. <laughs> I think it has everything to do with reality and nothing to do with what has just happened in Bluffington, which is just a bizarre moment. But I do kind of like it. I think the more the real moral is that Kyle is by far the coolest and like most willing to go with it character in this entire universe. <laughs> Kyle's willingness to go along with a bit is truly laudable. He will be an excellent third wheel on a podcast someday. <laughs> Kyle is never seen again. Yeah, it's probably because he's too cool for the universe <laughs> and because he actually like played along with Doug and was like, all right, Doug, you're fine and normal. <laughs> he brings a pack of Huggies the next time he comes over the funnies. As well as a pack of cigarettes to give to Doug. Kyle <laughs> is now Governor Ralph Northam, R.I.P. <sighs> Oh, well, as we fade out, we see that Porkchop is still in his awful face paint. (laughs) The last gag in the episode is agonizingly racist. And that's it. He had some voice lines here, but they got cut. (laughs) (laughs) God. Let me tell you what they sound like. They got a little something like this. And that's it. And that's the episode. Oh, uh, so what do we, I mean? I guess we just went over the real moral. Yeah, the moral it's, is supposed to be don't don't be embarrassed by your family, right? Even <laughs> though, it, 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 you could just said that. that, you, that, <laughs> that I mean, that, that's a sentence. It also would have been God. like if you want to do it more straight up, like the approach would be very simple. You have Judy constantly trying to embarrassedly cover for the fact that her parents are being boring and normal and that could be a that's an episode that writes itself but because we are in doug we are in bluffington we are in the mind of jim jenkins hell we decide we were going to go (laughs) a level higher what if they actually did play along wouldn't that actually be just as bad shouldn't you not wish for something better and the moral is no no, you shouldn't. Accept what you have. You pigs. You animals. Oh, well, on that, I'm glad you're still continuing to accept us at this show. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everyone, on another episode of The Funny Papers. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Baby, finish, boom, boom. Diaper cord is adjourned.